Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm John Paul Deneen III with Deneen Farms in Waxahachie, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cotton has not been a profitable crop this year as prices have stayed below 90 cents. So how will that affect the future of cotton here in Texas? We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Helping young people gain a better understanding of beef production is the goal of youth programs offered by the Texas Cattle Feeders Association. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about those programs on Texas Ag Today. The Senate Agriculture Committee chairwoman says she expects to have about four to five billion dollars in new funding for the next farm bill. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. Nice fall rains have finally come to the rolling plains, and that will set the wheels of wheat planting in motion. Hello, I'm Barry Mallard. I have the story in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Cotton has not been a very profitable crop to grow since prices dropped below 90 cents. So what does that mean for the future of cotton here in Texas? Cotton buyer Kevin Huddleston of Memphis, Texas, says he doesn't think cotton acreage will drop much in the panhandle. It's simple and plain. When you, when you look at competitive crops such as corn, wheat, and milo, and these competitive crops, I mean, they're down as well. You know, cotton competes with oil, but as we look at it right now, uh, if we get a nine in front of it, we're talking about after the first of the year. That means create. we need to create demand. The United States doesn't need to create demand. We need demand to be viable from a foreign aspect. So with that being said, I think we're I think our, our cotton acres won't deplete simply because it takes half as much water as corn. And we feel like our area growers are adapted to it, you know, especially when you're talking about in terms geographically north of I-40. Huddleston says cotton prices have got to get above 90 cents to be profitable for Texas growers. Texas has its first avian influenza case of the year announced last week in the Corpus Christi area, but work is ongoing to fight that disease. 
Researchers in the United Kingdom are using gene editing technology to fight avian influenza. According to USA Today, the scientists have made genetic changes to germ cells and inserted them into chicken eggs. The gene they reportedly edited is a protein that supports the influenza virus once it invades the host. The researchers hope this will create poultry that is partially resistant to bird flu infection. That study was published earlier this month in Nature Communications. Avian influenza has already led to the deaths of millions of chickens and other poultry. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. What will the new Speaker of the House do to ag spending? That's a question that may be hard to answer. Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana has voiced his desire to get a new farm bill passed soon, but he's also a fiscal conservative who wants to cut spending. The skyrocketing cost of living is unsustainable, and Americans should not have to worry about how they're going to feed their family every week because they can't afford their groceries anymore. We have to bring relief to the American people by reining in federal spending and bringing down inflation. Johnson argues the greatest threat to national security is the debt, forcing up borrowing costs for farmers, homeowners, and others. The Texas Cattle Feeders Association is helping young people gain a better understanding of beef production. James Hunt has more on those programs. The Texas Cattle Feeders Association, also known as TCFA, offers several programs to educate young people about cattle feeding. One such program is the Junior Fed Beef Contest. Brady Miller of TCFA says the contest features some academic components, but also allows participants to demonstrate their abilities in raising cattle. They get to go out and put a pen of four animals on feed. They feed the cattle. They can either feed them at their home site, at their own place, or they can feed them within a feed yard. And we see both ways, but they get to be a part of the industry by learning how to feed cattle. And in doing that, they become more comfortable in the future if they ever want to become a cattle feeder and feed cattle or retain ownership in cattle and take them through the feed yard. The Junior Fed Beef Contest is open to students from grades 3 through 12. Another TCFA program is Feed Yard Camp in which 20 high school juniors and seniors are selected to spend a week in June learning about the beef business. We take them to feedlots, we take them to a packing plant, we take them to the grocery store. So really camp is just an all-encompassing gate-to-plate program. Brady Miller says with its youth programs, TCFA hopes to give the adults of tomorrow a better understanding of what the cattle feeding business truly involves. If it's our next employee, if it's our next consumer eating the beef, if it's our next person that may find themselves in Washington, D.C. working under a congressman or a senator, we're educating these youth about the industry. To find out more, contact the Texas Cattle Feeders Association. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Congress is running behind on the 2023 Farm Bill, but the Ag Committees in both houses are continuing their work. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Senate Agriculture Committee Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow says in an exclusive interview with AgriPulse that she expects to have about 4 to $5 billion in new funding available for the next Farm Bill. She has been working with Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York to identify funding sources outside the bill. She does not say where the money is coming from, 
but says it will help address issues in the commodity and crop insurance titles. Stabenow from Michigan also says Congress is going to need to pass a one-year extension of the 2018 Farm Bill before the end of the year. House Ag Chairman Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania does not think the extension needs to be that long. But the U.S. Department of Agriculture has told Stabenow a one-year extension is necessary to ensure commodity programs can properly operate. Stabenow says she welcomes the plan by new House Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana to move a farm bill in the House in December. There are still significant issues that have not been resolved in either the House or Senate Ag Committees. Meanwhile, the White House has released a request for $56 billion in supplemental spending that includes $2.8 billion for agricultural disaster assistance. And there are some grim numbers in USDA's latest annual report on food insecurity. According to the report, 12.8% of U.S. households were food insecure in 2022. That's up from 10.2% in 2021. It is the largest rise in food insecurity since 2008. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Nice fall rains have finally come to the Texas rolling plains. Barry Mahler has an update from the Wichita Falls area. Rain falling across the rolling plains recently is very good news, not only for farmers and ranchers, but for just about everyone as we need the water. It's been a long, hot summer, and even though we had a little relief from the drought about a month ago, it definitely didn't heal things up and get us ready to get a wheat crop going or shore up fall grazing. Even though a lot of acres were dry sowed, there is still a lot to do in the next few weeks. We'll see grain drills running late into the night to get this crop up and going. Over the last couple of weeks, I've seen some wheat that was planted in marginal moisture that's up, growing off pretty well. And we've seen some that's not, of course. I've always heard producers say wheat is an amazing crop and it will surprise you. Now, this should prompt farmers to step up fertilizer application. Several people I talked to said they were in a wait-and-see position, holding off on the additional inputs until this drought eased some. Fertilizer has eased in price some, but it's still a large cash commitment for a crop. Agronomists are suggesting intensified soil testing to see just what is available and what additional nutrients might be needed to make sure it's in the best shape and the best investment possible. The wheat market is a concern and has slowly drifted lower for about the last year. A year ago, growers were seeing high prices as a result of the Black Sea conflict between Ukraine and Russia, but that is not headline news anymore. And even though world uh, trade has been affected, it has not caused the major shortages that were anticipated. I know a lot of farmers were hoping a new farm bill would be in place by now, at least by the time they planted a crop. But with the turmoil in Washington, this is not going to happen. But that's not unusual to have a crop growing before the rules are in place. It's happened several times in the past, but it would be reassuring to have it done. But it probably won't be, and we don't think the changes will be significant anyway, but it'd be nice to have the program in place so we knew what the rules were. All in all, farming is and always has been a roll of the dice. And from here... I see farmers doing what they do out there trying to raise a crop. This is Barry Mahler reporting from North Central Texas for Texas Ag Today. Deer hunters in more than a dozen Texas counties will be required to have their deer tested for chronic wasting disease this hunting season. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
and weaning and transportation of springborn calves in the fall is stressful. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 protects our family farms and ranches, so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Learn more about Proposition 1 at right2farmtexas.com. That's right, the number 2, farmtexas.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Weaning and transportation of springborn calves here in the fall is stressful. But Dr. Bob Judd says there are some things you can do to reduce that stress. Jesse Fulton from Nebraska Beef Quality Assurance indicates in Beef Magazine that we need to think of this period in which cattle are worked and transported as running a marathon. Feeder calves traveling from Texas to Nebraska feed yards travel over 450 miles, and when these animals step off the truck, they are exhausted, nutritionally depleted, and susceptible to illness. If we immediately run them through a chute for vaccine, they may not respond to the vaccine as well as they should. It is recommended to let animals rest for one to three days and allow them to eat and drink. Feed fresh hay and clean water, and this will allow their immune systems to recover. As far as vaccines, be sure and read the label. Some livestock vaccines require two mils per dose, and some require five mils per dose. We had a cattle producer years ago that bought some vaccine at the feed store and gave his cattle all two mils per injection when the vaccine required five mils per injection. As the lower dose was unlikely to be effective, he had to get all his cows up and run them through the chute and revaccinate. So read the label on every vaccine bottle. Do not allow vaccines to freeze or be exposed to sunlight, and vaccines should be stored out of the sun and in a cold box when beside the cattle chute. However, these vaccines should not be allowed to freeze, as after thawing, some can produce deadly endotoxins. And only mix the amount of vaccine you can use in one hour when using modified live vaccines. If the label says to mix the vaccine, do so gently, but do not shake unless the label says shake well as this can also damage the vaccine, potentially releasing endotoxins. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Deer hunters in more than a dozen Texas counties will be required to have their deer tested for chronic wasting disease. Jessica Domel has more details in today's wildlife report. 
The general white-tailed deer hunting season officially opens in the north and the south zones November 4th. And Alan Kane, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Big Game Program Director, is reminding hunters there are several new chronic wasting disease surveillance and containment zones this year. Hunters that are hunting in these CBD zones will need to remember that they'll have to stop by the CBD check station and get their deer tested for CBD. And then they can only leave the zone with a quartered carcass or they could leave with a whole head as long as they've stopped by the check station and received a head waiver that allows them to take it to a taxidermist. Those zone areas include some of the new ones are going to include uh, Brooks County, so down by Falfurious area, Washington County near Brenham. Gonzales County near Welder. We have two zones in Frio County, one near just north of the town of Dilly, one on the Frio-Zavala County line east of Batesville, and then we have two in Zavala County very close to Batesville. We also have one in Sutton County, and it's just east of Sonora, and then one in Hamilton County, and that zone is, I guess it's between Gulfweight and Evant there, a little town called Star, and it's kind of around that area. TPWD may also implement another new CWD zone in Medina County, following a positive CWD test result in a deer breeding facility there earlier this month. A list of all new and existing CWD zones and check stations is available on OutdoorAnnual.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It is time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park Bag Coaches Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. That's right. And there's a huge digital divide in our state. There are still large parts of rural Texas that have little to no access to high-speed internet. I'm State Representative Dwayne Burns. And I'm State Representative Trent Ashby. We're here to ask you to vote for Proposition 1 and Proposition 8. I wrote Prop 1 to protect your right to farm and ranch. It will prevent the abuse of regulatory power, protect the backbone of our rural economy, and ensure safe and affordable food for all Texans. And I wrote Proposition 8, which will create the Broadband Infrastructure Fund to address important upgrades for public safety and provide resources for broadband access in rural hospitals and schools. Let's head to the polls November 7th and vote for Prop 1 and Prop 8. Political advertising paid for by Texas Farm Bureau and Texas Broadband Now PAC. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle futures moved higher to kick off the trading week on Monday. We finished higher in both live and feeder cattle. October live cattle about to go off the board. It was up 12 cents, 184.12. December up $1.02 at 183.25, with February up $1.02, Same thing on the feeder cattle. November feeders up 77, 237.67. January up $1.17, 236.87. 
with March feeder cattle up 80 cents, 239.37. Cash-fed cattle market all quiet on a Monday as usual. We wrapped up last week selling cattle here in the Southern Plains at mostly 183. That is steady with the previous week. In the north, dress cattle sold at mostly 290. That's four bucks lower. Boxed beef prices higher on Monday. Choice up a dollar ninety-seven at three hundred nine fifty-four. Select up eleven cents at two eighty twenty-three. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Colt Adams sells cattle at El Campo every Tuesday. Colt, how did this week go? It went really good, Mr. Larry. We ended up with 1,989 head of cattle, 475 pack of cows and bulls. I'd say them bulls sold, maybe bulls and pack of cows sold maybe two cents cheaper than they did the week before. Pretty steady when compared to the week before. But, you know, the cab with the board being down, they sold probably seven to ten cents cheaper than the week before, but it's still a good, honest market all the way across. You know, the three to 400-pound steers bring from 255 to 330. Four to 500-pound steers bring from 241 to 306. Five to 600-pound steers bring from 222 to 270, 6 to 700 pound steers bring from 207 to 244, and 700 and over bring from $1.98 to 226. The heifer mates from 2 to 300 pounds bring from $1.92 to 305. 3 to 400 pound heifers bring from 222 to 315. 4 to 500 pound heifers bring from 212 to 273. 5 to 600 pounds, 207 to 250. 6 to 700 pound heifers bring from $1.97 to 233, and 700 and above bring from $1.67 to 220. The high dressing cows this week bring from 87 6 to 103. The medium dressing cows bring from 68 to 82, and our thinner cows bring from 42 to 60. On our slaughter bulls, they bring from $1.07 to $1.17. On our high dressing bulls and our low dressing bulls, bring from 96 to $1.03. And on our bread in, we had some bread cows bring from 1100 to 1375 Pretty good, honest week, I tell you. I know the market was a little down with the feed report the week before, but I tell you what, they're still bringing lots of dollars to the table. Good. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next Tuesday sale in El Campo, Colt. If we can help anybody anyway, you can call us anytime at 361 361- 920-1618. That's the best way to get a hold of me, or you can call my brother at 361-920-1620, or home rappers show there at 979-216-8084. Maybe that's it for today's edition of Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble, my guest, Colt Adams, El Campo Livestock. You're listening to us right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Arlene Hogs finished higher on Monday. December Hogs up 70 cents, 71.17. February up 87 at 74.37. Class 3 milk was mixed. The nearby October contract up only a penny, 16.86, 100 weight. With November milk down 13, 17.27, 100. Cotton ended lower Monday with speculative selling, pressuring prices down. Also, we're seeing some end-of-the-month squaring, as we typically do at the end of each month. December cotton dropped 147 points, 82.91. March down 125 at 84.88. May cotton down 116 points, 85.82. Corn market slightly lower. Harvest pressure continues to keep a lid on prices as harvest moves forward in the Midwest. Now, we have had some rains over the weekend that slowed things down, but that's only temporary. It'll pick back up here in a couple of days. December corn down two and a half, 478 and a quarter. March corn down two and a half at 492 and three quarters, with May corn off two and a half, 501 a bushel. The wheat complex mixed, hard wheat finished higher, soft wheat lower. December Kansas City wheat up two cents, 645 a bushel. December Chicago wheat down nine and a half at 566 a bushel. In the energy markets, December natural gas down 14 cents, 334. 
December West Texas crude down 309 at 82.45 a barrel. The financial markets were higher on Monday afternoon. The Dow up 511 points at 32,928. The Nasdaq up 146 at 12,789. The S&P up 49 at 4,166. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.